I've had a chance to be both the runner being cheered on and the cheerer cheering runners on and both situations it there's a there's just this jolt of adrenaline that comes when you uh, lock eyes with somebody and they're rooting for you and you're feeling what they're uh, sending out it that's a great part of this race is that there's a lot of places to see people if if you're uh, looking for a little encouragement to get you through that next mile you're listening to further together the orau podcast join michael holtz and his guests for conversations about all things orau They'll talk about ORAU's storied history, our impact on an ever-changing world, our innovative scientific and technical solutions for our customers, and our commitment to the communities where we do business. Welcome to Further Together, the ORAU podcast. Welcome to Further Together, the ORAU podcast. As ever, I'm your host, Michael Holtz, in the Communications and Marketing Department at ORAU, and I am joined, my guest this episode is Brian Campbell, who you recently heard as my co-host, but today he's a guest. Brian, we're talking about the Secret City Half Marathon today, and I'm so glad we're having this conversation. Thank you for coming on and sharing all things running and half marathon. Well, I'm very excited to be here. It's always a great time hanging out with you and t- talking about things that we love a lot. And I'm looking forward to this in a big way. Cool. So the Secret City Half Marathon is a half marathon in 5K that mm-hmm. happens in the Secret City of Oak Ridge every okay. year. Um, this year's race is in November, correct? Correct. November the the is the in-person version of the race. And if people want to do it virtually, they can do it. Uh, they've got a two-week window to do it on their own, wherever they want. But yes, the in-person race is going to be Saturday, November the 11th. Awesome. And for folks at ORU, but for folks outside of ORU, you're kind of, you're kind of the Secret City Half Marathon champion for ORU, urging folks to participate in either the half marathon or the 5K, whether in person or virtually. Um, ORU is proud to be a sponsor of the Secret City Half Marathon. Brian, why is this race so personally important to you? Well, I've kind of fallen in love with doing uh, races of this length uh, in the last 10 years or so, 12 years or so. And um, because I've had a chance to do a lot of half marathons, I have a good pool of information, a good set of data to look at it. And I know that this one is a very well-run race. It's a very pretty race. It's a very fun race to do. And the fact that it's in our backyard and the fact that our company gets to be a sponsor, there's just it just checks all the boxes. I've done the race myself three times in okay. 16 and 20. And every time I had an absolute blast and um, I'm just glad that I, I'm able to still do it and do it one more time. And this year we're trying to involve as many people as possible because I just I think it's a it's a fun place to do a race. It's a fun uh, time of the year. It's very pretty outside in November. And it's that, that rare window where it's not too hot and it's not too cold. It's just mm-hmm. right. So it's kind of a Goldilocks race that way. And um they do. The organizers do a fantastic job. They they are very uh, great at 
having stations where they need them. The start and the finish are very clear, very easy to find. There's lots of people cheering you along the way. Uh, all the good things that you like about um, races of that length are, are all there. So I'm very happy to be kind of championing it for the company and trying to get as many people as we can to, to take advantage of our discount this year. Ah, there you go. Absolutely. Um, and you said a couple of things very important, but first is um, people cheering along the way. That's really important in races like this, especially of this length or longer. You and I have both done plenty of half marathons and marathons in our day. And yes, um, that crowd support, <laughs> that crowd support can get you to the finish line if, if yeah, you've got nothing left yeah. in the tank, right? Absolutely can. And um, I've had a chance to be both the runner being cheered on and the cheerer cheering runners on. And both situations, it there's a there's just this jolt of adrenaline that comes when you uh, lock eyes with somebody and they're rooting for you and you're feeling what they're uh, sending out. It, uh, this last year, I got to be the cheerleader for my daughter as she was doing the race. Okay. And uh, I knew all the places to go where I would have a chance to, to see her and I knew exactly where to stand. And so we got, she and her friend, two friends passed us by several times and every time lots of high fives and laughs and jokes and signs. And I think that made a real difference for her just to feel that level of support. And I enjoyed being able to cheer her on just as much as I would have enjoyed being in the race myself. So uh, that, that's a great part of this race is that there's a lot of places to see people if, if you're, uh, looking for a little encouragement to get you through that next mile. Absolutely. Um, the other thing that you said that um, I locked on to is that you are still able to do this because um, mm -hmm. that may not have always been the case, right? Um, Absolutely not. For yeah. a couple of reasons. Um, you're a cancer survivor and you are a double hip joint replacement survivor as well. So, um, yeah, right. So, uh, let's talk about that. Cause I know one kind of was caused by the other. So, um, in a way, so let's chat about it. Sure. Who is um, Brian <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I'm a lot of things. I wear a lot of hats and, um, I've been a runner my whole life. I did my first race as a little eight-year-old guy or nine-year-old guy, little nine-year-old guy in fourth grade. I did a 10K with my dad and I had run in summer track and I'd run in, um, my dad had been a track coach. So I'd been around running a little bit, but I did my first race myself of any length back in 1978. And that was the inaugural Expo 10K or Expo 10,000, they called it back then in downtown Knoxville. And so running that as a little guy, that's when your brain is still forming. And so I kind of got this self-identity of, I run races. Right. <laughs> um, I do these road races. It's a little weird. It's a little, uh, it, especially in 1978, it was not happening at the level it is now. Sure. It was kind of anomalous. So I kind of always had that motivation to, to be a runner. Um, and the truth is, up until 2011, I never did more than a 10K. That's a 6.2-mile race. I did a lot of 10Ks. I did a lot of 5Ks, and I loved doing them. But then um, in 2009, I had um, – that was when my health challenges began. And that fall, this, this time of the year, um, 
I discovered that I had a little problem and that little problem turned out to be testicular cancer. Okay. And that problem led to a diagnosis that led to surgery within 24 hours that led to radiation therapy a couple months or about a month after the surgery was over. And that whirlwind where you went from, I think I might have a problem. Oh, you definitely do. We're doing surgery. We're doing radiation. And you feel like hell that all happened in a very tiny window. <laughs> and you kind of wake up when it's all, all that's behind you, sort of, there's no more treatments left, but you're like, what just happened to me? Um, <laughs> what, what, that, that I didn't even have time to think or reflect on it a whole lot. It was just like, what's next? It's happening. So, you're right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm just, it's carrying me along. But when I landed on my feet in 2010, I was like, okay, it could have been a lot worse. It wasn't mm -hmm. great, but uh, as cancer diagnoses go, I had what my doctor called the easy cancer. <laughs> right. And if that's the easy one, you know, <laughs> that's, uh, it wasn't super easy, but it was easy compared to a lot of the more just devastating um, kinds that there are. So yeah, it could have been a lot worse. And I had a lot to be thankful for because it was caught early enough that there was no chance of it spreading. I was told I had a 98 to 99 percent chance of never having a recurrence. So in my sense of whew, <laughs> I'm glad to be alive. What do I do now? I had always sort of had it as a bucket list to do a, a marathon at some point to do one. And I thought, this is the time. I, this is right. what is a better way to say, I'm still here. I'm still alive. I'm thankful than to turn my lifelong interest in running and take it to this other level and do something that was a real challenge, uh, something that was harder than I had ever taken on. So I spent most of 2010 preparing for that first marathon. And um, that first marathon was actually in January of 2011. And I kind of got the bug then that I was going to be not just doing one marathon. I was probably going to be doing a lot more because when you, you cross that finish line, that first time of the end of the race, that you prepared for for close to a year and it was I, both the, the the side of it that you're doing something you didn't think you could do anyway but now you're doing it after having come off this horrible event in your life it just all that came together and i was like i think i want to do a lot of this <laughs> what's next and, you know, what's next and um that first marathon was at Walt Disney world and they have this set of challenges that you can do where you don't just do one race, you do multiple races. And I was suddenly dreaming, Hey, I could do one of those challenges, take this to an even higher level. But then a funny thing ha happened on the way to the finish line. I was, um, actually, <laughs> this is an interesting story that I don't know if you knew this, Michael, you, were the organizer of the Hotter Than Hell 5K oh, in August of 2011. Yep. That was the last race I ran before my next challenge. 
I finished that race and it was awesome. It was a fun day. It was, it was truly hotter than hell that day. Hotter than hell because it was August. Yeah. It was. And we um, got to the end of that and I found I couldn't walk the next morning. I had so much pain in my hips that I, I couldn't even, I, I couldn't walk without holding myself up to the wall. I was like, I think I have a problem. And I did. And what that turned out to be was this other medical diagnosis called avascular necrosis. Mm-hmm. And this came from uh, an over, uh, well, basically a medical error. I'd had been uh, prescribed prednisone to treat a poison ivy outbreak I had. I'm highly allergic to poison ivy. I got into a, a, a patch of it the summer of 2009, right before the cancer diagnosis. I had broken out head to toe. I was itching all day, every day, couldn't function, couldn't work because I was either scratching or thinking about scratching or thinking about not scratching or scratching all day long. And Mm -hmm. so I went to a dermatologist who prescribed a high level of steroids. Turns out there are a small number of people in the population that if you get a high enough dose of steroids, you have this side effect called avascular necrosis where your hip bone which is a, you know, a ball and socket joint. You have the ball part at the top of your, your big leg bone, your femur, that ball has a a thin bit of bone supplying blood to it. If that gets cut off, that bone dies. And that's what happened with the prednisone. The prednisone basically cut off the blood supply. That hip bone, actually both of them (laughs) started a death spiral that I didn't know was happening until two years later. It takes two years for your hip bones to go from, perfectly round to flat and not functional. And you don't know that you're facing that until it's too late. So um, when I got diagnosed with the avascular necrosis, I was stunned and sad and upset and dizzy. And it was like the cancer surprise all over again, only worse Mm -hmm. because this had the uh, possibility that I would never get to walk or run again if, if things didn't go well. And there was one option that I found that a guy has done some work where he can kind of rescue your bones using your body's own stem cells. We tried that. It didn't work because I was just too far down the road with avascular necrosis. So after that procedure and trying to get uh, my bones growing again, it, it didn't work. So my only option then was to do total hip replacement on both hips. And that was um, the fall of 2012 uh, when that surgery actually took place. I, I, my surgeon had, had done up to that point tens of thousands of hip replacements. And he said he'd only done nine or ten where he did both on the same day. But mine were both so painful and so far gone that I was like, please, please, please Just do, yeah. do them both the same day. I can't imagine trying to walk on one while I'm rehabbing the other. That sounds even worse than what I've got. So he was able to do a double hip replacement in a single day, which is just, like I said, very rare. Uh, doesn't happen much. I was young enough and healthy enough at that point. Otherwise, right. they, they tried it and it worked. So I left the hospital in Nashville where I had the procedure done with, uh, you know, two fake hips and <laughs> uh, one less testicle than most people <laughs> and 
Um, going again, what, what next? Right, right. <laughs> but, um, fortunately, that was kind of um, the end of that cycle of kind of going through these challenges. But what I found was walking was recommended as a way mm-hmm. to uh, get back, at, you know, get your joints back in shape, get your body used to having these fake joints. I started walking a lot and I started walking really fast and I started kind of jogging. And um, what I do now is technically running. It's a lot slower than I used to be. It's not terribly fast. I'm not going to win any age groups or any uh, races themselves at all, but I I still, that love of running never went away. So um, that was always kind of a driver. Can I get back to doing races? Can I get back to, that place where I feel, I don't know, the most, the best version of me, the, yep. uh, you know, alive. Uh, so, you know, some people run cause they have to, some people run cause they're like running away from their past or a lot of these really t- elite runners are running to try and prove something. I actually, and the, the, the rare person that enjoys it while it's going on, I'm not just trying to, you know, battle uh, things that are in my past or that I hope are in my future. I'm just enjoying the moment and so being able to still do races after both those things had happened is just a great gift that I don't take lightly. And I'm very thankful for, and I've done a lot Uh, since that hip replacement. Um, I've got a spreadsheet, but I think I'm, I'm over 30 half marathons and over three or four full marathons since the hips were replaced. Nice. I don't think my surgeon recommends that level of activity, but he said, actually, his words were to me, if it does your, your mind good, that's a lot more important than, you know, shortening the lifespan of your, your artificial joints. We can replace those, but if yeah, it's yeah. helping you, psychologically it's helping you emotionally you just do it so that's what he told me i was promised that these could be good 20 to 25 years uh we're at um 11 years so i'm i'm clipping along awesome um first thank you for sharing that because i know that's that's a big part of your story and our stories intersect in a couple of our lives sort of intersect in these weird little ways. I do. I was, you know, hotter and health 5k. And then I was the race director for the expo mm-hmm. in 2012. Um, I think, yeah. Cause I was in the middle, I was in the middle of radiation treatment mm-hmm. <laughs> for my own cancer journey while I was race directing and couldn't sit down. <laughs> um, to rest as much as I needed to during yeah. that race. Um, and you were participating. I think you, you maybe walked that year because um, of your hip joints. I don't remember. Yeah, but, I think that's, I think that's the one. Yep. But I know you were there and you have, um, you were, you have the distinction of being what they call a streaker for mm-hmm. the expo because you have done every stinking one of them since it started. Yep. It's an unfortunate little title they gave us because we actually stay clothed the whole time. Right. <laughs> it is kind of, a, yeah, you expect to see like half a dozen naked people, but <laughs> it's not like that. It's not that kind of street. <laughs> not that kind of street. <laughs> there is running involved, but we were fully clothed the entire time. Right, exactly. 
So, um, and then I remember um, somewhere in 2012, you sent me a Stand Up to Cancer Survivor t shirt, mm -hmm. um, which I still have in my collection somewhere. So, mm -hmm. with the promise of doing a race together. So, yeah. And you were also in the cancer support community with my parents. Your mom parents, is a cancer yeah. survivor, and you got a chance to meet my family through that angle and again the the intersections of our lives and now that we we work together in the same yeah. department for the right. same boss it's just kind of amazing how it is and your wife works for my former employer right and we exactly. met for the first time back when you were visiting her at the office and i was in the hallway and i was introduced to sarah's husband and so it's yep. it's it's Kind of, this is a small town we live in. It is a small town to live in. And the Lord works in mysterious ways. Yes, he does. As they say. Yep. So, um, so you've done um, a mess of half marathons and some, some marathons, as have I, on both of those counts. Um, although neuropathy has kind of taken me off the road for for running, but I still like to get in the occasional 5 and 10K. So I will be doing the Secret City 5K um, on November the 11th. So I'm excited about that. Um, but um, Brian, how can, for folks who might be interested in learning more about the race, in registering, using the discount code, all that fun stuff, what do they need to do? Well, the um, race Organizers have uh, a fantastic website. They use Run Sign Up, which is a kind of a third party that does a lot of race management. And so, if you have ever run a race previously, you probably have uh, a login already for that group. Absolutely. If you don't have one, it's a it's a free and easy thing to set up. You can just um, search for Secret City Half Marathon. It's the first result, and you. Uh, the registration process is very easy. Just follow a couple of clicks. It's all done online. And if you are an ORU employee or a ORU employee family member, you can use our discount code, which is ORAU12, and that will get you a 12% discount. And that's a nice little plus. But the fact is, right now, as we speak, the entry fee for the half marathon is $68, and for the 5K, it's $38 you won't find a half marathon for $68. No. Someone who's done a lot of them, they are, it's rare to find one under a hundred dollars these days. Absolutely. And so to get one at that level and then also get a discount, you just can't beat that. And you know, you get a fantastic medal, you get great snacks uh, during the race and after you, it, it it's swag, a, swag is awesome. yeah. yeah, the swag bag that you pick up, uh, is fantastic that the shirt is cool i'm fair i'm wearing a previous secret city half marathon race shirt very cool they've gone a little more subtle this year this is kind of a you know you enter the room and say hey everyone just in case you didn't know i ran this race i wanted to make sure come on down but uh for that price you get a lot uh and getting the discount it, it's a no-brainer and uh, the 5K is all the same stuff is true. It's just a shorter race. And for people who've not done a lot of races previously, it is a great uh, first race to do, a great entry into the racing world. 
you don't have to be fast. Uh, you can walk it. You can walk all of it. You can walk some of it. Um, you can run all of it. Um, yeah. And you can do that in both races. They are very accommodating to the front of the pack and the back of the pack and everybody in the middle. So um, you can sign up at the, at the website. Um, you'll get um, a chance to make a few choices in there. But uh, at the end, you'll have a place to put the discount code. And that's where you put ORAU12. And that will let you uh, save just a little bit off an already very um, affordable race. Absolutely. And it's a it's a fun day. I've, I've done the half marathon and the 5K before. It's a fun race, fun crowd. As you said, the crowd support is incredible. The race organization is awesome. Um, you know, if you're going to pick one... <laughs> It's a good one to do. It's a fantastic one to do. It starts and finishes down there on uh, Melton Hill Lake at the at the marina, which they have to start the race a little late now because there's so much fog that time of the year that <laughs> until it dissipates, you can't really see what you're doing. So yeah. early in the morning is when most marathons and half marathons and 5Ks start. This one starts just a little later so that the fog has a chance to, to burn off. And once it does, the views down there in the fall are on a – clear crisp day in the fall with the sunshine in, in East Tennessee, you just can't beat it. And running along the water is absolutely beautiful. You start next to the water and you finish next to the water. And along the way, you get to see all kinds of cool stuff. If you do the half marathon, this is a, a little perk you may not know. You get to run through Union Valley Road, which is the uh, secret quarry uh, yeah. where 99% of the time that's blocked off to traffic. Only people who work in the quarry or trucks who are hauling rock out get to go through there. And so you get to see stuff, stuff that nobody gets to see. It's sort of a, a, the best kept secret of the secret city half marathon. You get to run through the quarry and kind of see stuff that you've never seen before. And you won't hardly ever get a chance to, unless you do the race. So that's a fun little perk. And there, there's a lot of fun little perks along the way. That's a great perk, and yeah, you can't beat, um, for those of us who sweat heavily, <laughs> you can't beat starting along the river and in the coolness and, uh, yeah. yeah, all that good stuff. So, And the last mile is essentially downhill. You, you're running on, oh, on the greenway right. along Melton Hill from, uh, you make the last turn right there at the Calhouns on the, on uh -huh. at the marina, and then you're, you're proceeding down. down that whole path, which is just a gentle downslope, almost that whole last mile. So finishing downhill, that is just the best possible <laughs> solution that, that exists. You can't beat that. Nope. So. All right. Well, so for everyone who's listening, Google search Secret City Half Marathon, sign up, um, use the discount code, and come out and have a good time on November the 11th, or if you choose to run it virtually, you've got that two-week period in November to knock out the virtual race, but come and have a good time, be supported by your community, and just have fun. And before I forget, and another nice little perk, if you are an ORU employee and you have pre-registered for the race, you will qualify for a company-supplied race shirt so that we can all look the same out there you tell we're a team what's really cool is in the past i've seen other companies make a big splash they all show up in their their uh matching shirts and you can say man all those people are here together that's very cool 
Well, now we get to do that. And so far, we've got 40 people signed up, which 40 is a nice chunk. And we'd love to see that number get even bigger. And all of us in our matching shirts will be awesome. And here's another great, cool thing that has just come out. We have a chance to vote as a team on which design. We have four options that will be presented. There's going to be a little survey that goes out. It may already be out by the time you were listening to this. And that survey will let you pick which of the four designs you want for the ORU team. And um, that way, it's it, it, you've had a chance to be even more involved and engaged by picking the design of the shirt. And then we'll all, uh, those will be given out before the race, uh, a week or so before the race. And then it, we can show up on race day find each other in the crowd and then we'll take a big group photo and cheer each other on the hallway. So it'll be just a great time. I love it. That sounds great. I can't wait to uh, see how big this, that our team can get um, before race day. So Brian, thank you so much for coming on and talking about your personal journey, but most importantly, the secret city half marathon and how folks can get involved. And, uh, Thanks for inspiring, for inspiring me and for inspiring our coworkers to be part of this awesome event and other events like it. Cause I know you do, you do a bunch, <laughs> you're out there and um, hitting the, hitting the streets and running them down. So thank you for that. And for sharing your story. I appreciate it so much. Well, I'm honored to be here and, and glad to have a chance and hopefully Maybe one more person will see this and think, well, I'll just go join those knuckleheads myself and, and see <laughs> what they can do it. that's all about. <laughs> if they can do it, I can do it. Absolutely. Brian, last question for you, because you know it's the question I ask everyone who comes on this show. What brings you joy? Well, there are a lot of things that bring me joy. But I will specifically refer back to what I said earlier um, in this talk. Um, finish lines are something that bring me a lot mm -hmm. of joy. It's not um, that you're done running. Sometimes you want to be done running. Sometimes you're you're just spent. You're like, I need to sit down. I yeah. need a drink. I need something. Um, <laughs> but really, it represents much more than that race that day. It represents the weeks or the months that you put in uh, preparing for it. It represents um, another accomplishment uh, that you can look back on for years and say, I was able to do this very cool thing. So a finish line, there's nothing like it. Um, seeing it, um, hearing the, the cheers, um, that just that feeling of I made it through this race. Um, yep. There's nothing like that. That's I why know I, I, shed a, I shed a tear or two at, at <laughs> many a race when you cross that finish line because you know what it represents to you to cross the finish line and, and have the work done that went into being able to do that. So um, if you can finish anything upright and smiling, you, you're ahead of <laughs> almost everybody else. So. It's a good day. <laughs> yeah, a good day. All right, Brian, thank you so much. Absolutely. Have Enjoyed it a lot. Day. And I will talk to you soon. And we will see you at the race. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to Further Together, the ORAU podcast. To learn more about any of the topics discussed by our experts, visit www.orau.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn at ORAU and on Instagram 
at O-R-A-U Together. If you like Further Together, the O-R-A-U podcast, we would appreciate you giving us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your reviews will help more people find the podcast.